0: I'm Danielle, and I'm Christy, and you are listening to Snacks
1: with Stein. Let's do it.
0: Drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> episode 10. <laughs> this means we're double digits, and we hope that you're enjoying this episode safely from your shelter and place approved bubble. How is quarantine going, Christy? Man. <laughs> Listen, it's not about my kids.
1: I love my kids. I'm excited they're home. They are awesome. It's more about, I think it's the uncertainty. And I'm also a little bit pissed because I feel like we put in our time
0: with 9-11. Do we really have to do this again? I know. It's a weird time right now, but we hope this podcast brings you some entertainment wherever you are Mm -hmm. in your bubble of solitude.
1: I was going to say, people are still giving us money for some reason because we have a new patron. Thank you,
0: patrons. Thank you. And this time, it's for Johnny Dean, who is joining Team Goosebumps, which is clearly the winning team. Sorry, Fair Street. So sorry. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) And here is a toast to you. So wherever you are in your solitude or from six feet away from your friends. Raise your glass. And this one's for you. Johnny, you are doing us a really big favor. If you were ice cream, you'd be our favorite flavor. May your stock prices soar so you can go to the store And may you never be served with a warrant or waiver. Cheers!
1: Cheers! (laughs) I just realized that's a little ironic because I wrote that before the stock market took a (laughs) jump on everybody. I'm sorry. We're so sorry. (laughs) So what about you, Danielle? Is there anything new happening in quarantine over in San Francisco?
0: Um, I washed my hands, and I took a lap around the house, and it was a really short lap. So. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> what are you eating today or drinking?
1: Oh, well, and, and you know, we don't need to change the name to Drunk With Stein. It's just that <laughs> when I sit down to record, I've probably been watching my children all day, I don't, you know, I'm not as someone who drinks really around their children, so like, mm-hmm. hmm, time to have some me time and a glass of wine. So yes, again, I'm having some red wine, and I am pairing it with a Cliff Bar. This particular Cliff Bar is the white chocolate macadamia nut variety, because if I didn't have some sugar, I was going to face plant uh, <laughs> while we record this, because <laughs> it's late. It's an after dark snacks with Stein after dark <laughs> episode.
0: Ooh. Uh, and that's
1: that's what I'm enjoying. It's very good. But there's literally so much sugar in it that you can like feel it crunch.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. I expect a lot of good banter from you. Who's to say, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Tonight I am reading Be Careful What You Wish For. And this was a blind pick. I just thought the cover was cool and I didn't have a strong recollection of reading it. So that's where that came from. It was published in 1993 and it was $2.95. And this is great because this one came from an eBay lot and apparently belonged to Billy Samples in room 16. So shout out, shout out to Billy if you happen to find us and are listening.
1: I love that. I love mm-hmm. it when people get, like, inscriptions and books. I know. My mom used to do that. If I got, um, if I got a book for Christmas, mm-hmm. she would write my name on the cover and, like,
0: which Christmas it was. Yeah. We did that, too, for a long time. So this cover is actually kind of different for a Goosebumps book because we actually see our protagonist, which is not very common. We normally don't know what the kids or adults look like. It's a blonde girl. She's shadowed in some darkness and she's staring at a glowing crystal ball that is being cast upon by two hands. And the hands have really great nails. So I appreciated that. (laughs) (laughs) And the tagline is, it might come true. Christy, do you remember the seventh grade? Oh God, yes. (laughs) It was
1: pretty awkward. I sure do.
0: Right? Um, it was an awkward you could, you, Yeah, you
1: could say that.
0: Okay. say that. <laughs> this story opens in a seventh grade math class, which is a well-hated subject by this podcast. Mm-hmm. You have to picture yourself being called on to come to the board to solve an equation, a.k.a. my worst nightmare. You grab your notes and start walking to the board when a white sneaker comes out of nowhere, trips you, and you fall flat on your face. (laughs) This is what just happened to Sam, Samantha Bird, aka Stork, to the bullies that talk about her behind her back. Most often, it's her nemesis Judith and her pal Anna Frost. This is all because Sam is much taller than everyone in her class and extremely clumsy. She collects herself from off the ground, the class is laughing, and her teacher, Sharon, because Montrose Middle School is progressive and teachers are called by their first names, asks if she's okay, to which she replies yes and goes on to try and solve the equation. She makes a silly mistake and Judith has to blab it loudly to the whole class, but Sam keeps it together until home eck. But before home ec, it's lunchtime, and Sam is eating her lunch alone, and she overhears Judith telling some eighth graders that bird tried to fly in math class. So Sam shouts back, you tripped me, Judith, but she does this with her mouth full of food, And as some drips down her chin, the room starts laughing. (laughs) Judith says something else Sam can't hear, flips her long red hair back, and they all start giggling again. Sam has had enough and starts to get up to confront her. But in the nick of time, her best friend, Corey, appears across the table. Corey isn't the biggest fan of Judith either, but just reminds Sam that, she is who she is. We learn that Sam thinks Corey is pretty cute in a nerdy, awkward kind of way. And they flirt back and forth at the lunch table. Corey is a boy. For the just FYI. Yeah. Hey, you know, hey. Right. You never know. That I would have been Corey very progressive. Pearl. Yes. Stein was woke yeah. as fuck. His first name teacher thing through me. I was like, really? (laughs) No, that's not going to work for me. Yeah, it's very odd. We're fast-forwarding to Home Ec and they are making tapioca pudding. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, gross. And it's just really messy and getting everywhere. But Sam is working on her pudding, keeping her station really neat, or as neat as possible, when she looks up to find Judith. That's odd because she's normally as far away from Sam as humanly possible. She's holding a large mixing bowl full of pudding. And as she gets closer, she pretends to trip. And the pudding lands all over Sam's brand new blue Doc Martens. As a Doc Martin fanatic, I want to have a Mm -hmm. moment of silence for these shoes. Because that's just horrible. I would cut a bitch if my shoes got ruined. That's all I'm going to say about that. Sam just got like a thousand cool points
1: because she's wearing (laughs) blue docks. Right? Right. I had, personally, I had the purple ones. Ooh. I showed it. And and we weren't like, we didn't have a ton of money. So like I had to choose, like I was going to get one pair. Yeah. And everybody, because I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Oklahoma. So everybody was wearing like the brown, the dark oh. brown docks with like jeans. And I was like, I got to be me. I need purple.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love them. I have a collection. It's stupid. I love them. So this hurt my soul when this happened. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stupid. <laughs>
1: Sorry, continue.
0: So Sam goes straight for Judith's throat. Strangling her. They were (laughs) brand, these were brand new shoes, damn it. And she's going to pay. Judith is pulling her hair and scratching at Sam. Sam took out her hoops. Yeah. The hoops came out. (laughs) The hoops came. And their teacher, Daphne, has to physically separate them. And Sam can't hear anything but her heart pounding in her ears as she takes off running down the hall. Sam vows that if she had three wishes, all of them would be to destroy Judith. Ooh, this just got interesting. (laughs) Sam and Judith had to apologize and shake hands or risk being expelled. They begrudgingly do so, and the rest of the day goes as scheduled. The girls happen to play on the Montrose Mustangs basketball team, and of course, Judith is the star. Sam, on the other hand, can't play for shit. It's a typical afternoon practice. Sam is using her anger to get through it, And Judith is busy showing off her skills. After running laps and doing some drills, Coach Ellen calls for a scrimmage. The girls split into two teams. And at some point, Judith and Sam dive for the ball at the same time. And as she dives, Judith's knee plunges straight into her chest. Sam wheezes and hits the floor. Everything goes black she was dying have you ever had the wind knocked out of you
1: this is really weird you
0: know how like some
1: random memories pop up when you try to think Mm -hmm. of something specific like and i haven't thought about this for a long time but i have an early memory and i was probably i had to have been around seven years old and they used to Mm -hmm. have those um tunnels that connected the different sections of like the big play structures Mm -hmm. and somehow i crawled on top of the tunnel and not underneath it oh. and I slipped and <gasps> fell from like the top of the play structure oh my god to the ground and I, I landed on my back and like the wit like and I can remember laying there and not understanding why I couldn't breathe
0: oh it's so frightening it, it's shocking because it's like yeah what's going mm-hmm. on right <clears throat> so Sam thought for sure she was dead. There is nothing scarier than getting the wind knocked out of you. And though she was basically okay, Ellen asked one of the girls to walk her to the locker room. Judith volunteers and on her way offers an apology and insists that it was, of course, an accident. But Sam isn't buying this bullshit and doesn't respond. That makes Judith angry and she tells Sam to just fly away, bird. She gets stressed, hops on her bike, and heads for home, but she's too angry to go home. It's been a fucking day, and she wants to ride and ride forever. Faster and faster, houses were by, and then the rain starts to fall. It's getting dark, so Sam decides it's probably a good idea to turn back. But as she turns, A woman steps out in front of her. She wasn't young or old, and she had dark eyes and long black hair. Her shoulders were covered with a thick shawl and a skirt flowed to her ankles. She looked confused. Sam knew she should have run, but instead she stopped, smiled, and asked if she needed any help. The sky turned an eerie olive green, and this mystery woman is giving Sam the once-over. She claims she has lost her way, and Sam tells her that she's on Montrose Avenue. The woman, who has a surprisingly old-sounding voice, explains that she is trying to get to Madison Avenue. The woman grabs Sam by the wrist with an icy grip and pleads, Can you take me there? Sam once again, has no idea why she didn't just run away, but instead says, sure, I'll take you. They walk side by side in the pouring rain, and Sam observes some more details about this mysterious woman. She had a small purple bag slung over her shoulder, and her boots were clicking on the sidewalk. I'm sorry to be so much trouble, she says, and Sam insists it's no trouble at all. All of a sudden, the woman says, I love the rain. Without the rain, what would wash the evil away? Sam thought that was a weird thing to say, but just let it go. She asks Sam her name, and in turn introduces herself as Clarissa the Crystal Woman. Sam okay. is Okay. <laughs> Sam is pretty sure she didn't hear that last part correctly. They have finally reached Madison, and all Sam wants to do is get home. She's trying to make a gracious exit, but the woman grabs her wrists again. I want to repay you. You've been so kind. So kind to a total stranger. Sam tries to release her grip, but it's shockingly tight. You really don't have to, Sam insists. Tell you what, I want to grant you three wishes. This lady is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. It dawns on Sam... Sorry. (laughs) That's just a random reference. (laughs) It dawns on Sam that she had been walking for 20 damn minutes in the pouring rain with a crazy person. Sam pulls herself free from Clarissa's icy grip and says, Thanks, but no thanks. For the wishes, I really gotta go. I'll grant you three wishes. Anything you wish shall come true. As she's speaking, she's pulling something out of her purple bag. A large red crystal ball, about the size of a grapefruit. And even in the dark, it was sparkling. All Sam wants to do is get the fuck out of there and keeps politely declining. I don't have any wishes right now. Sorry. Clarissa sees the doubt in Sam's eyes and insists this is not a joke. Sam is starting to worry. What if this woman turns dangerous because I don't play along? She scans the street. Most of the houses have lights on, so she could run for help. Then Clarissa's ball begins to glow. Make your first wish. Her black eyes were glowing red, just like the crystal ball. She suddenly looked very old, almost ancient, and Sam thought she could see her skull through her skin. She freezes up and blurts out, my wish is to be the strongest player on my basketball team. Why did I say that? Why would anyone pick that? thought Sam. Clarissa closes her eyes and the glow of the ball gets brighter, radiating around them. Then it dims. Clarissa thanks her again. And she places the ball back in her bag and quickly walks away. What a perfect end to a perfect fucking day. And she pedals furiously for home. All I'm
1: saying is I've seen this movie. You should follow the lady. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She's going to make you popular. (laughs) You're going to get like a cool medallion. (laughs) And, um... You're going to end up, like, making out with some hot guy in an abandoned house. I've seen this movie many times. Mm. All I'm Mm -hmm. saying, you should go with her.
0: (laughs) Sam makes it home, and it's dinner time. Her mom is trying to force more food on her plate, but Sam is sneaking food to Pumpkin, their little mutt, under the table. Mom, Pumpkin. I know. Mom works late and doesn't have time to make, quote, real food. So they're enjoying boxed potatoes and meatballs this evening.
1: Hey. Yeah. It was,
0: and they think there was some green beans too. <laughs> okay. Sam's dad occasionally pops in with some weird one-liner and her older, very athletic brother, Ron, is joining them. She's thinking more about her wish and asks Ron to play some basketball after dinner. It had been raining so Ron is not very interested, plus Sam sucks. Her dad convinces him to help give her some tips. Will the wish turn Sam into Michael Jordan or LeBron James for the kids out there? Nope, somehow her shooting was worse. Ron finds this hysterical and Sam of course is so disappointed. Why did she ever think wishes would come true? Ron dribbles the ball, and as it rolls away, Sam goes after it, slips in a puddle, and falls on her face again. (laughs) She is furious, leaps up, and heads toward the basket, determined to make this shot. And as she jumps, Ron grabs her by the waist, she shouts, and without even thinking, screams, I wish you were a foot tall. (laughs) Sam's heart stops. What have I done? Ron laughs and goes after the ball in the grass. The yard was dark and Sam is squinting into the blackness. What's taking him so long? Ron, where are you? Sam gasps. There he was, scampering over and only a foot tall.
1: That is a very random thing to shout out.
0: It Right? Like, of all the things.
1: I wish you were a foot of tall. Of all the things. Well, like, she could have said, like, I wish you were never born. Or, like, I wish you were not an asshole. Or like, whatever. And you were a foot tall. It's very
0: specific. Yes. Sam was frozen. Like a stone. Pumpkin, how did you get out? It was just pumpkin. Ron was still perfectly tall. They play a little bit more, but it's getting too wet, so they call it a night. Sam decides she wants to tell her brother about the weirdo woman and the wishes, but he says later, I have to do homework. Fast forward to the next day, and Judith tries to trip Sam in the lunchroom again. This time, Sam sidesteps it, and she finds Cory. No sooner does she sit down, a figure is looming behind her, Judith. Are you coming to the game tomorrow, bird? Sam tells her, of course, I'm on the team. And Judith says, well, there goes our chance of winning. Judith's friend, Anna, suggests she stay home sick. They walk off laughing, all of them not realizing just how surprising this game will be.
1: No, okay. I was just thinking how J- Judith's kind of a little bitch. Like, I
0: hate her so much. <laughs> it's like just for, it's completely for sport. It is. I I knew some Judiths and they sucked. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, like there's no legitimate beef with this girl. It is 100%. I'm bored. Let's do this. Mm hmm.
0: Just because she's tall and clumsy. That's it. Right. It's tall shaming.
1: (laughs) Well, it's bullshit because when you're that age and you're really tall, people assume that you're good at basketball, even if you Mm -hmm. aren't and don't want to play. And sometimes they make you play for a number of years, even though you're not good and don't want to play.
0: I unfortunately did leave that out because it was a very long chapter. But now that you've said it, there was a point of the book where she was kind of just recruited onto the team because she was tall. And she sucks. <laughs> and she's stuck yeah. playing. It's
1: horrible. Like, I was, uh, I changed schools in seventh grade. It was 5'10. My mother decided I was a little bit chunky and she thought it would be good for me to play basketball to try and lose some weight. I walked onto a team that had been playing together since birth.
0: Oh, my Lord. <laughs>
1: and they had been playing and winning together since birth. Like they had not been defeated in like three years. Oh my god. Okay? So it's seventh grade. Like this I'm 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 feeling this girl pretty hard. It's seventh grade. I'm five ten. I'm already awkward. I walk onto a team that's very, very, very good. Mm. I don't play at all. There's nothing more humbling than like literally not being as good as everyone else for the first hour and a half of every day of the start of uh. middle school. That's
0: cool. That's cool. I know. Patches, right? (laughs) Patches agree. Patches Patches is is on board. (laughs) So before the game even started, things just felt weird. The first pass of the game goes straight to Sam, and she starts to dribble in the wrong direction. Luckily, a teammate caught up to her and turned her the right way, but before too long, it was six to nothing. Sam cannot believe how bad she is playing. Every time someone laughed, she knew it was about her. Then things started getting even weirder. Judith is yawning at every turn. The players are walking, not running to the ball, and acting as though they can barely move, like they're stuck in mud. Sam seems to be the only player out there with any energy. And then an errant pass comes to her. She suits and scores. Coach Ellen calls a timeout and the girls can barely make it over to her for the huddle. Then it dawns on her. Her wish did come true. She is the best player on the team. What the hell is the matter, girls? Coach Ellen is so confused. She thought everyone was looking forward to this game. Judith is huffing and puffing against the wall. Anna looks ready to pass out. Sam doesn't know why Clarissa would grant her wish this way, but she's starting to enjoy it. Sam is still a terrible player, but she's the best Mustang on the court for now. The game finally ends and they lose by 24 points. As they head to the locker room, Judith is suspicious of Sam and thinks that something strange is going on here. Sam tries to play it off. Maybe it's the flu. Do you feel okay? She tells them to feel better and that she'll see them tomorrow, assuming they'll be fine tomorrow, right? The next day, the news hit Sam like a ton of bricks. Judith and Anna were absent. Their empty chairs made Sam feel so guilty. What was she thinking making such a selfish wish? Did they go home and get weaker and weaker until they died? She was a murderer. At lunch, she decides to tell Corey the whole story. He laughs in her face. Do you believe in the Easter Bunny too, Sam? Corey asks her. But Sam is not backing down, and he realizes she's dead serious. He confronts her, sorry, comforts her, and gets an idea.
1: (laughs) It's different.
0: (laughs) Very different. They can ask Audrey, the school nurse. Sam jumps out of her chair, racing down the hall, and Corey barely has time to catch up. They reach Audrey's office out of breath, and Sam asks why Judith and Anna weren't in school today. Audrey says sadly, Judith and Anna are gone. They're what? They're gone for at least a week, repeats Audrey. She tells them they're very sick and felt too weak to come to school today. They probably have the flu. But Sam knows it's not the flu and she's pacing up and down the hall in a panic. I still have two wishes. I'll just make my second wish, undo the first. Then Corey brings Sam back to Earth by asking, how is she going to find Clarissa? Sam can't focus for the rest of the day. Her vocabulary test may as well be in Martian. Basketball practice has been canceled since the entire team, except for Sam, is absent. Absent because of her selfish wish. She has to find Clarissa, but where could she even begin? Then she remembers she found her lost in Jeffers Woods, so she'll start there. Grabbing her coat and heading to her bike, she sees her mom just fucking great. What was she doing here? She's reminded that she has an orthodontist appointment today for her braces. Sam starts to whine, I don't want to wear braces, and I can't go. My bike is here. But her mom won't back down, and off they go to the appointment. Sam finds out she has to be in braces for six months. And if I said, if I were her, I would just wish for straight teeth. Right? Avoid braces. (laughs) Well, six months isn't bad. No. Um...
1: I think a lot of kids have to wear braces for years,
0: like a like years, yeah, yeah. But if you had the wishes, wouldn't you wish for straight? Yeah. I don't know, man. This lady's a gin,
1: so um, uh, nothing regarding my teeth or eyes probably um, true should be said aloud.
0: True. She can't focus on the braces. Of course, she's bummed, but. All of her energy is on her teammates at home, withering away to their death. She decides to call Judith to ask how she's doing. She picks up the phone and in barely a whisper, Did you cast a spell on us? How did she know? Um, no. Sam stammers. Why prove is it. everyone I know prove it. Why is everyone sick except for you? I think you cast a spell on us. Sam is like, I hope you feel better, and just kinda hangs up the phone. Oh, Great. Missed opportunity,
1: Sam. <laughs> I would have been like, maybe I did, bitch. Yep. Maybe you should stop tripping me in class. (laughs) Maybe you shouldn't talk to me anymore.
0: (laughs) Leave me alone. Missed opportunity. Totally. All Sam knows is she has to find a way to get this spell or whatever, this wish reversed. Judith and Anna were absent again the next day. And Sam asks Corey to go searching for Clarissa after school, but he's too afraid. So she takes off for Jeffers Woods alone, encouraged that the weather was similar to the day she met her. Rounding the turn to Montrose Avenue, she spots her on the corner. Hey, hi, it's me, Sam calls, but she notices that her back is to her. So she screeches her bike tires, I need to make another wish. The woman turned around and Sam is face to face with curly blonde hair and freckles. I am so sorry, I thought you were someone else, Sam says, wanting to die of embarrassment. She asks if Sam is lost or needs any help but she just replies, I'm so sorry to have bothered you, and speeds away. Once again, she is left disappointed. She thought for sure she'd find her. Then she remembers she took her to Madison. It was a long shot, but she was desperate. Madison is empty. Sam is freezing, and the storm that is on its way is only going to get worse. On her way home, she passes Judith. She passes Judith's house and decides that she wants to check on her. Why? I know. They are not friends, right? But she's going to barge into her house anyway. <laughs> what the fuck? She's really worried. But she also has another motive, which is to get warm cuz she's frozen. So she figures... Well, I guess
1: maybe the guilt. Like, if she thinks, like, she really has done this to them, she wants to see what's happening. Yeah. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. That was odd for me for a minute. Yeah. Go
0: ahead. So she knocks on the door, and Mrs. Bellwood opens it. They chat a bit, and she lets her inside. She heads upstairs to see Judith, and finds her sitting in bed, surrounded by books, magazines, and schoolwork. Judith... Judith notices Sam in the doorway. Stork, what are you doing here? Sam asks how she's feeling, and Judith just tells her to fly away. Her usual line. Then she says, you're a witch, aren't you? Sam is shocked. You did put a spell on us, didn't you? Sam has no idea how to react. You're crazy, Judith. There's no way you can be serious. Judith insists that Sam is jealous of her and Anna and the other girls, so she casts a spell on them. Why is she the only one not sick? Judith, you're literally talking like a crazy person. Then, with all of the strength she can muster, Judith begins chanting, You're a witch! You're a witch! Sam is furious and loses it shrieking out I never would have done it if you weren't so horrible to me oh my god I just admitted that I was the cause of her sickness I knew it Judith points a finger at her then Mrs. Bellwood appears after listening to enough of their shouting and just as Mrs. Bellwood tries to get Judith to calm down She runs down the stairs and to the door. She was so angry, hurt, and humiliated. She yells, I just wish Judas would disappear. Very well. That will be your second wish, says a voice from behind. Clarissa was there. With her glowing red ball, I shall cancel your first wish and grant your second. This girl needs to stop yelling. That's all I know. She's yelling too much.
1: Well, and again, wouldn't you be a little sensitive about the words "I wish,"
0: <laughs> right? You'd think so.
1: You think I'm she all would about learn. raging? Go ahead and rage. You let it out. <laughs> But, you know, maybe.
0: Not those words. Not those words. They're not good words right now. Don't do it. Not right now. (laughs) So she cancels. She's going to cancel her first wish and grant the second wish. No, I didn't mean it. But it was too late. Clarissa had already vanished. Some time passes. She goes home. And after dinner, Ron and Sam play some ping pong in the basement. It's the only sport that she's good at. But tonight, Ron could tell her heart wasn't in the game. He asks her what was wrong. She decides to tell him about Clarissa, the wishes, and Judith, but he can't take her seriously. She storms off to her room and slams the door. She's pacing back and forth, trying anything to get her mind off of Judith and the wishes, but nothing works. Sam has to find out if the second wish came true. And she works up the nerve to call Judith one more time. (laughs) She will not quit.
1: Well, it's like (laughs) I could see the the curiosity that first time, but after that,
0: I mean, does she is she a little masochistic? Like does she like it? She just called you a witch to your face. She's like you're a witch. And she's probably telling like everyone, you know, that you're a witch and you're still concerned. Like she's never mm-hmm. once been nice to her. Like uh, hmm. ever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. So I'm going to pass on a little bit of wisdom here. <laughs> yes. Um, My dad, who's a very wise man, has a lot of different sayings for different <laughs> things. And I hear his voice in my head on a daily basis. And this is something that people do quite a bit where they know what's going to happen and then they act surprised when it does. And the way he describes it is somebody that comes up to you and shows you like their hands and their hands are all covered in black and they say something stupid like, I've been playing with this coal all day (laughs) and I don't know why my hands are black. And that's, that's very much reminds me of what's happening. Yeah. Yeah here
0: totally it's it's at this point i feel no sympathy i'm getting to the point where i'm like i don't care anymore yeah i wonder what happens let's see how many die let's go (laughs) (laughs) the phone rings once then twice then three times four times had she actually disappeared at five rings the receiver clicks Judith! Who is this? She asks meanly. No more weak, hoarse voice. She sounded as mean and nasty as ever. This must mean the second wish didn't take. Sam hangs up, breathes a sigh of relief, and heads off into a dreamless sleep. The next morning, Sam slowly wakes up, stares at her clock, and notices it's ten after eight. Ten after eight? She was late. Why didn't her mom wake her up at 7.30 like she always did? She calls out to her, calls out to her dad, and to Ron, but no answer. Stumbling around her room for clothes, she fixes her hair and starts to head out. But she remembers not hearing her dad leave for work, and her mom's annoying talk radio isn't on. There was no breakfast, and Ron's door was closed. She knocks, then enters. His bed was made. He never makes his bed. Suspicious. Suspicious. (laughs) Where the hell is everybody? They didn't leave a note. There was nothing there, and by this point, She was already really late for school. Heading to the garage for her bike, she stops in her tracks. Her dad's car was still here. So she runs back inside to call her dad's office. But the phone just rings and rings. Glancing at the clock, she's over 20 minutes late, so she has to go. She'll figure this shit out later. Heading on her bike, there are no cars on the street. No kids on bikes, and she makes it in record time. Still just puzzled and not yet frightened, she heads into school, but starts to notice it's empty. The halls, the teacher's lounge, and Sharon's classroom were empty, too. Was everyone at an assembly? The gym was deserted. Was it the weekend? What the hell is going on? Sam leaves the school and decides to head to the shopping district of town. It's also deserted. Running around frantically, calling out for any sign of life. Her legs start to feel weak. She's struggling to breathe. Panic is setting in. She was alone in the world. Her second wish had come true. Judith had disappeared but so did everybody else. But
1: that, why? <laughs> she didn't say, I want everybody and Judas. I
0: know. That doesn't this, make any sense. This lady is a trickery, That's what she is. She's a crappy gin. Um, she is. she's a new career.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I'm, mean, I'm, I'm trying to make the connection and my brain doesn't wanna. Yeah, no, no,
0: uh,
1: but I just don't—I don't know how that could be construed. We don't
0: Unless really know we, yet. We okay. don't know right, yet why sorry. she's a bad. No, You're I'm right. saying I—we don't really know yet why. If, is there a reason she sucks at her job? We don't know.
1: Yeah, like she's the Clarence of all the like gypsy women. Like she hasn't gotten her wings. She's on probation. <laughs> um, you know, maybe at the end of this, like she'll get some big hoop earrings. Yeah. I don't
0: know. I hope so. Sam sits on a stoop hugging herself. She has no idea what to do, but she knows it's Judith's fault. <laughs> it's- <laughs> I just love that how it's Judith's fault, no matter what. I related to her in this moment because I'm like, it's your fault forever. Everything forever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, P.S. We don't care anymore. We're like, let's just see what happens to this girl. Ooh, maybe it's a dimensional shift. No,
0: it's Judith. (laughs) (laughs) It's Judith. Okay, got it. Check. The deafening silence of the street is broken by Sam's grumbling stomach. She had missed breakfast. How could she think about food at a time like this? She rides home and notices that there aren't even dogs left in her world and she begins to miss Pumpkin. That,
1: Aww. I know, that made me sad. This is the saddest thing that's happened
0: yet. I know. Poor Pumpkin. <laughs> Back at home, she makes a peanut butter sandwich before realizing, what will she do when she runs out of food? Rob the store? She's 12. She can't take care of herself. Mm. This, tra- <laughs> this train of thought is interrupted by the sound of footsteps coming from the living room. Were they back? Was it mom and dad? No. It was Clarissa. Why did you do this to me? I didn't. You made the wish, and I granted it, says Clarissa. Sam reminds her that she only wanted Judith to disappear, not her entire family. Clarissa explains that she granted the wish the best that she knew how.
1: (laughs) Yep. So she's a moral. (laughs) <laughs> yep. I'm That's sorry, everyone.
0: Plot. That's the plot twist. That's the plot twist. <laughs> You're stupid. Yes. Okay. So of course, Sam feels tricked and angry. Clarissa snickers and says, "Magic is often unpredictable. I figured you would not be happy with your last wish, so I'm here." Would you like to make your last wish now? Duh, I want my family back. Clarissa begins to take the red ball from her bag and warns Sam to be very careful. This wish is her last and will be permanent. Sam takes her time. What should she wish for? The light in the room begins to fade making Clarissa's eyes seem blacker than before and her wrinkles more deeply set. Here is my wish. I wish for everything to return to normal. I want everything to be exactly the way it was. But... Sam hesitates, not sure if she should say this part. But... I want Judith to think I'm the greatest person who ever lived. Clarissa says she will grant her third wish and that time will resume in the morning. She says goodbye to Sam and vanishes. Sam, rise and shine. Her mother's voice fills Sam with happiness. She remembered everything about her empty world and was elated to have her family back. Running downstairs, she gives her mom a hug and pumpkin a hug and even Ron a hug. They all think she's gone insane. Sam cannot wait to get to school, see her friends, and even see Judith. School was packed. A kid called her Stork and she didn't care at all. Then she notices Judith and Anna. She decides to say hello, wondering what the reaction would be. Judith walks over and says, Morning, Sam. Then she pulls off her ski cap and Sam gasps. Judith, your hair, blurts out Sam. Do you like it? Judith had cut her hair to the same length as Sam's, and was wearing it in a ponytail to the side, just like Sam. Sam says, sure, I like it. And Judith lets out a huge sigh of relief, insisting that maybe it needs to be longer, or maybe shorter, and it's of course not as beautiful as Sam's hair. What in the world is happening? Sam turns to hang up her coat in her locker when Judith asks to carry her backpack. But before she can protest, Anna asks, what are you doing? Let's just go to class. But Judith Judith says, go ahead without me. I want to walk with Sam. Is Sam hearing this correctly? As they walk, Judith asks Sam where she got her t-shirt. And Sam notices she is wearing one just like it. Anna is so confused and keeps <coughs> trying to get you okay over there. I do not have the plague, Keep <laughs> Anna is so confused and keeps trying to get Judith away from Sam, but she's having none of it and finally gives up. Then Judith asks Sam for a favor: "Can you help me practice my foul shots after school?" Sam is in disbelief. Judith is the best foul shot why does she want my help? But Sam gives in and says, sure, I'll try to help. Judith is elated. Other students are laughing as they notice Judith with two backpacks walking side by side with Sam. She asks where she got her Doc Martens, and Sam can't help but laugh. This change in her was hysterical. But soon enough, hysteria would turn to horror. This was getting embarrassing. Judith would not leave Sam alone. She even followed her to the pencil sharpener. Judith joined Sam and Corey for lunch and claimed that Sam's flattened tuna fish sandwich was better than her pizza and insisted they trade. Corey cannot believe what she's saying, and Sam has no explanation. She just wants to be exactly like her. After lunch, Judith is still at it. She wants to carry her books and her bag, and the other kids are starting to snicker at them. She's making Sam look like some kind of jerk. Judith asks Sam if she's getting braces. Sam says yes, and Judith says, great, I want them too. After school, Sam sets off for practice, completely forgetting there was an actual game today. They were playing Edgemont, who rumors said were a really good team. The rest of the girls were already in a huddle when Sam joins them. Judith is grinning from ear to ear and yells out, here she is! Here comes our star. And just as Coach Ellen was going to dismiss them, Judith suggests that they name Sam team captain, since she's the best player. Anna has had enough of her friend acting like a Looney tune, and they get into a shouting match. Coach Ellen breaks them up and instructs them to get out on the court and try to have a good game. They do not have a good game. Judith copies Sam's every move. If she dribbled and tripped, Judith dribbled and tripped. If Sam threw a bad pass or missed a layup, Judith would do the exact same thing. She even went head first into the bleachers just because Sam did. The Edgemont team couldn't stop laughing, but the rest of the Lady Mustangs were not amused. Anna called out Judith and said she was messing up on purpose. And why is she copying that dumb ox, referring to Sam? (music) This sends Judith into a rage, and the two of them start wrestling and fighting on the court. The referees give them a stern warning, and they're benched. Coach Ellen decides to bench Sam, too and she's relieved to not have to play anymore. Sam had made three wishes and all of them turned into a nightmare. Judith is being an unbelievable pest and she has no more wishes to set things right. In the locker room, Judith is waiting for Sam and says, good game. She has clearly lost her mind. She asks Sam if they could study after school but luckily, Sam had to go out with her family and was able to dodge her. But that wouldn't happen every night. How was Sam going to get rid of her? If she yelled at her, it wouldn't matter. Ignoring her wouldn't work either. Sam's mom She's going to have tell- to kill her. Yep, that's where we're heading. <laughs> Death. Sam's mom could tell something was up and tries to get her to talk, but she knows nobody will believe her. When they get home, Judith had left Sam four voicemails. And her mom finds that puzzling, since she doesn't recall them being friends. Sam didn't bother to explain and just heads up to bed. Just as she's about to drift off to sleep, she hears her floorboards creak and the shadowy figure is in her room. Before Sam could move, a hot, dry hand grabs her by the arm. Sam tries to scream, but the hand slides over her mouth. Sam is frozen in fear, and her attacker says, Shh, don't scream. Then the light clicks on. Judith! Judith! How did you get in here? Judith explains that her back door was unlocked, so she snuck into her room, waited in the closet, and must have fallen asleep. (laughs) As one does. (laughs) Uh, uh, Amazing. (laughs) But why? What do you want? Judith's face goes into a pout you said we could study together Sam denied this and tells her she has to get out her parents will be looking for her then Sam's dad's voice is coming from the other side of the door Sam are you okay are you on the phone you're not supposed to call anyone this late she reassured him that everything was fine Sam is practically pushing Judith out of her room and she can't stop complimenting her her nightshirt is great. Her room is great. She's so considerate. And by the time they reach the front door, Sam can't take it anymore. As she's being shoved outside, she asks one more time if they can study tomorrow. Sam says maybe, but makes it clear she cannot sneak into her house again. The door locks behind her, and Sam heads back to bed. But all she can dream about is Judith. The next morning, Sam finds Judith waiting for her at the edge of the driveway. She wanted to walk to school together. Or, if Sam wanted to ride her bike, she'll happily run alongside. Run alongside a bike. This is awesome.
1: Crazy Judith is so much better. (laughs) Like, she's diving into bleachers and running alongside bikes. I love
0: it. This was the last straw. Sam shouts, no, and takes off running. She has no idea where, but she has to get away from Judith. Sam, wait for me, please. Sam just keeps running through a neighbor's yard, trying to cut corners, and then she's running through the woods she can still hear Judith calling to her and then her foot trips over a tree root and she lands face first into the leaves. When she wakes up, Judith is standing over her. But it wasn't Judith, it was Clarissa. You are unhappy, says Clarissa. No shit, Sherlock, your wishes ruined my life. I wish I never met you. Clarissa never wanted her to be unhappy. She only wanted to repay her kindness. But since she was unhappy, she will cancel this wish and allow her to make one more. Sam could hear crunching leaves. Judith was getting closer. I wish I never met you. I wish Judith met you instead of me. And so it would be done. Clarissa used her glowing red ball and vanished. Sam was still in the woods, but never felt so relieved. It was over. Now Judith can have her life ruined. She can hear Judith and Clarissa talking and she's dying to know what her first wish would be. Sam thought she had heard her say, Bird, why don't you fly away? but that didn't make any sense. Sam was too overjoyed to care, too elated and too excited for her life to be back to normal. Then she noticed an earthworm coming out of the ground and started to feel pretty hungry. She jabs her head into the ground, grabbed the end of the worm and ate it. Fluttering her wings to test the wind, she prepares to take off. The breeze felt good against her feathers, and she got higher and higher above the woods. Sam sees Judith and Clarissa from above, and Judith has the biggest smile on her face. She must have gotten her first wish. The end. Hmm. <laughs>
1: she's a bird there's so many themes okay (laughs) let's break it down Break it down so first of all we've got this like single white female thing happening which in my opinion is the best part of the book i really thought we were going to go in a direction where she was like going to kill her and assume her life (laughs) um i think it would have gone
0: that way if we had gone any further
1: (laughs) yeah So, so there's that going on. Also, um, I feel like our lead is learning an important adult life lesson, which (laughs) is quite simply that some people who shouldn't be are stupid and bad at their job. And even though they mean well. It's still gonna fuck up your life, yeah. And even though you like speak to four IT people or in <laughs> customer service people and their managers, and they want you to be happy, kind of, they're also kind of stupid, yeah. <laughs> and there's not much you can do about that. <laughs> so that's an important kind of coming of age thing that we've that we've um, woven yes this little story mm-hmm. personally i felt the transformation at the end was quite beautiful okay yes she's definitely gonna be much happier as a bird <laughs> i really wanted her to like shit on the two. Of i hope she does <laughs> like as it said she like flew over <laughs>
0: like, and then poop <laughs> yeah that was a weird
1: one it was, <laughs> was weird was right weird
0: it was the weird it was good weird. It was so much basketball. I had to cut so much basketball out, you guys, or it would have become the basketball podcast. <laughs> so it was yeah. like, I was like, I can't talk about basketball anymore. <laughs> she kind of met her randomly in the street, right? Yeah. There was not really a setting. It was just she was walking in the woods and bam there she was
1: see like why couldn't there have been like a traveling carnival or Mm. uh you know something a little more
0: spooky to set the stage and like and she's Um, always vanishing where is she vanishing to like
1: well i again this is another one of those where it's like is there a sequel like she could have had a lot more backstory but i'm gonna i
0: i will look but i don't maybe she's just a crappy (laughs) crappy (laughs) gene (laughs) She's a crappy jinn. Moral of story. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it goes such a weird direction. Like, now she's a bird. Her thing with
1: Judith is not normal. No. Like, it's normal to have a bully. It's normal to want revenge. But everything she did revolved around Judith. So I'm wondering if there's also some, like, maybe awakenings happening here or her fixation on judith is disproportionate
0: yeah yeah it's the so. two of, yeah it's it's a very toxic thing there
1: well and i guess it goes both ways because aside from the you know psycho stuff after the wish mm-hmm. um she still used her first with wish on samantha
0: yeah the two of them are just going back and forth like i mean because eventually Judith will cast and wish another wish, and then presumably Sam won't be a bird anymore because they well, cancel what, each other out.
1: Why does that happen? Like, what's the point of having three if the next one cancels the previous one
0: out? I don't know. It's very the wishing is weird. <laughs> I'm just used. It to is wishing. strange. I've never I'm heard just that used to before. Wishes being wishes.
1: <laughs> Although in, they did that in, um, do you remember Bedazzled? Yes. With Elizabeth Hurley, where she was the devil. So, like, each time he did it, it, it kind of erased what had happened before. That is true.
0: I'm That movie is a throwback.
1: I enjoyed that movie. I think it's, I watched it I a number I think I did, too. When
0: I was younger, like, I loved it. I'm sure it's problematic now, but I loved it. So... If you are um,
1: enjoying the show and if you are entertained, there's a lot of different ways to support us. You know, we did a Patreon toast at the top of the show. You can do that if you want to. Um, but given the current situation, you know, money's going to be tight for a lot of people. So there's uh, different ways that you can support us without giving money. And the best way to do that is by leaving us a review. And we are only interested in five-star reviews. I don't think that we've had another one that's not been a five-star review. You know, it really does make our day. And, and in a time where everybody needs a little pick-me-up, we love reading yes. good reviews about what we're doing. Because it's hard it's hard for us, too, to come and record. But we love you guys, and we love doing this, and we want to keep doing it. So throw us some encouragement if you get a chance. Um, and we'll definitely shout you out on the Facebook page. Um, If you decide to do that. So wherever you listen,
0: um, give us a review. And we're going back to Wonderful Fear Street in our next episode with the wrong number. And I asked myself, do people even dial numbers anymore? At least once. I
1: think it's a (laughs) one-time thing. Like, you put it in, and you save it.
0: And And then then never again correct (laughs) so this will be a nice vintage episode about dialing a phone
1: until next time we
0: are out like a pastor at a pride parade